I'm going in. It's too big. Size matters not. Didn't go in. So it's big. Hey everybody, welcome to Hoth Topic, the spin-off show from the Sarlacc Digest podcast. And uh, I'm your host, Chris. So sorry uh, I'm a little late this week, guys. Usually I would have this out by Friday on SoundCloud and on Sunday on the rawlivepod.com uh, site. But sometimes life gets in the way, and we got to get things sorted out in our real worlds before we can go to a galaxy far, far away. But all is good now, so here we are recording on June 17th, Father's Day. So nothing I'd rather spend my morning doing after a nice breakfast. My kids are in bed, wife's at the gym, so I'm going to go ahead and record this episode and kind of talk about uh, something I've been mentioning on Sarlacc and I talked to the guys about and something I just wanted to kind of dig deep on that, that's that been bothering everybody seemingly since December, um, and that's the, the arc of Luke Skywalker, and that's something I just wanted to dig deep in. I'm not sure how long it's going to go. You guys know I kind of like to just talk and rant and go. You know, last week was a big old fuck fest. And went for 45 minutes. Today probably should be a little calmer, but I want to I want to touch on why I think Luke's arc is absolutely perfect throughout the entire saga, and why the Last Jedi made so much sense, and and how it makes Luke even more relatable, and and how I love this character even more. Now, most of us love Luke, and I love Luke, obviously. But I mean, to, just to put it in a little bit of perspective, if you didn't know, my my oldest kids is named after Luke Skywalker. So I've got my uh, my son, even his gamer tag is son of Vader, like mine is Luke's father. So, you know, it's kind of a big deal to us, always kind of has been. So I want to touch on this and, and, and kind of move forward and, and see if it makes sense to you guys. So to start, I mean, really from the very beginning, we're going to go all the way back to Revenge of the Sith, episode three at the very end. Probably one of the darkest days in the in the galaxy, right? The the rise of Emperor Palpatine, the death of Anakin Skywalker, the birth of Darth Vader. All these things happening on what we know now to be called Empire Day. But also, that same day is the birth of the, the twins, Luke and Leia. Now, kind of like uh, Snoke says before, you know, darkness rises and light to meet it. It's exactly what we see here in at the end of Revenge of the Sith. As all the worst things are happening, and it's going scene by scene, right? Um, cut back, cut forth to uh, Vader being rebuilt, to Padme giving birth. You see the the light coming up to meet this darkness. And this is just a, 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 a great bit of, of symbolism here. As you see, you know, like I said, Luke is born, and his father literally is dead. Anakin, as we know him, dies that day. And then, basically, Luke and Vader are born the same day. And this will be the the crux of the whole story going forward, the original trilogy that we love. And, you know, obviously we never realized that in the original trilogy. And it really doesn't get talked about much And how this one specific day was just the, the change of the entire galaxy for the dark and the light. And I could really make this kind of about Luke and Leia, but Leia's arc never really deviates from where it's supposed to be, right? Leia is brought up in a political family. Leia stays uh, a political hero throughout her entire life, whether she's, you know, a, a senator, whether she's a princess, whether she's a general, whatever it is, Leia kind of stays the course. Where Luke has a, a much different path, you know, as Yoda and, and Obi-Wan give her to Bail 
and send her off to a, a completely different life. They send Luke to Tatooine, uh, a, a poor farmer with his aunt and uncle who really are going to end up, you know, basically despising Kenobi and scared of what Luke can become and all of these things. And he's just raised completely different. So we're going to stay on his track and not Leia's because it's it's really where this whole discussion wants to go. And I should probably forewarn you, like with many of my shows, you know, usually there are notes on this one, kind of like last week. There are no notes. This is going to be just a free rant, top of my head, going through the saga and, and talking about how I feel about Luke. I feel if it's scripted, it's not going to come out right. I feel if I have a bunch of notes, it's just not going to come out right. So I may jump back and forth a little bit in between trilogies or what have you or comics or books. But stay with me and you'll get to the point eventually, right? Or I'll get to the point eventually, hopefully. So now take this kid how he feels, right? So you have you have him growing up with his aunt and uncle. Um, I don't know if any of you have that same kind of scenario where you don't have both of your parents or any of your parents. Um, I, for one, at a young age, lived with my aunt and uncle, so it's very relatable to me. Um, Luke's path, at least that part, right? Not growing up and not knowing who your father is, um, that's, that's a big thing, right? Luke never met. His father, Luke never met his mother. He says in Return of the Jedi that he has no memory whatsoever of her. He's told certain things by Owen and Baru about his father that we know later to not be true, that he's been lied to his whole life for 19 years, right? Um, So Luke goes through this stuff in in his head, and as a kid, you know, that does weigh on you. You may not think it does, but for this 19 years, we don't know how much he's worried about, hey, my father, what was he, how did he die? He obviously didn't know that. What was he like? What was my mom like? What, what, how would my life be different? Would I be stuck on this dust bowl of a fucking planet, you know, if this hadn't happened? You know, what, what changed my life? Why me? All these things that would go through a kid's head for these 19 years. So already I know we know him as a hero when we, you know, after A New Hope. But, I mean, there's been a lot going on in this kid's life before that. And then think about it. I mean, this whole time, you know, he's got his friends and everything, but you hear these little stories about him being able to shoot through Beggar's Canyon and Bullseye Womp Rats and all these things. So you have to assume that Luke has had um, uncanny abilities, um, more um, better reflexes, can probably see things a little bit ahead but not know why his instincts are so good, much like Anakin did when, when he was a pod racer things like that, you have to think that he has to wonder a little bit, why is he different than everyone else? So he's got that piece to go through, too. They never really talk about it. We never really get deep into it, but you have to assume for 19 years, this kid has probably felt different than everybody else. Again, no parents, special abilities, um, always looking to the future, to the horizon. You know, like Yoda says, never his mind on where he was or what he was doing. He's always looking to something else, always something bigger and better. When the highlight of his week is to go by, go to Tashi Station to pick up power converters. You know, the, the, the poor kid, you know, with the this, this sense of adventure, the sense of want, and, and that's his big thing. You know, he's, he's, he's probably a little bit of a mess on, on, this, on this Dust Bowl, like I said, uh, on Tatooine. So fast forward a bit, and we'll get to A New Hope here. And, you know, he's ready to go off and join the Academy, which we know is going to be flight school, is what he wants to do for, with the Empire for all, you know, for all places. Remember, the Empire is the government. So he's going off to basically join the military, become a pilot, see the galaxy. This is what he's going to do, he thinks. Um, but he keeps getting pushed back because his uncle is scared and holding him back and all these things. He doesn't want him to go out on his own. He's, he's really stuck here. Um, and 
here come these these droids, something that never really happens out there. He doesn't get much excitement. Nothing big happens there. And he gets these two droids, and one of them knows the the story of the rebellion against the Empire and all this, and he gets this secret message from a princess that he feels is beautiful and all these things, like an adventure has just come his way out of nowhere. And remember, he's been sitting here for 19 years doing jack shit, you know, and it, it gets a kid excited. You know, he wants to go do something else, but knows he can't, knows he's... He's held back, and he has to wait, and he has to help his uncle, and all these things. And, you know, you have this chance, and you can kind of see your door, but he doesn't want to take it because he's been told for 19 years it's not the thing to do. Then he comes across old Ben while he's chasing the droids, right? And old Ben, as Uncle Owens told him, is a crazy old wizard. Why would you listen to anything he would say? Yada, yada, yada. But lo and behold, you go to this uh, crazy old wizard's house, and he spins you a story all of a sudden about your dad that you have no idea what's going on. You think he's a navigator on a spice freighter, which, by the way, what kind of story is that to give a kid if he's navigating a spice freighter? But I'll leave that alone for now. But now all of a sudden, he's not a navigator. He's he's a Jedi Knight. Your, your father was a hero. Your father fought in the Clone Wars. Your father fought with Ben Kenobi, who's not a crazy old wizard. He's He was a Jedi Knight as well. You know, you find these things out, and all of a sudden your whole world is different. And, again, I don't want to go too much into my life, but it was 18 years old when I finally figured out who my father was. So I know what kind of toll that takes when you realize you've been lied to or not told the entire truth or or didn't know something or assume something. And then all of a sudden, in a split second, right at one of these times in your life where you're, you're really changed and trying to become an adult, and all of a sudden you realize your whole childhood you were you were fed or given a, a a different story than that was the truth and that's kind of jacked up that'll mess with your head a little bit so now he's he's probably got this in his head where wow you know now I want to know more what did my father do I want to hear these stories I want to know you know how did he become a Jedi what could he do he, you know you know what kind of awesome stuff would that be you know to all of a sudden want to know and you've only got a, a few hours there with Ben so you're not going to get the whole story but I assume you'd want to spend time with him and learn more about your father but the big thing he learned that day was how did my father die? So knowing that he didn't really even know how his father died is one thing. But then to find out there's this evil former Jedi trained by Ben um, that betrayed and murdered your father. Now all of a sudden you have this new story about your father, a newfound hate for somebody else that you don't even know. You know, your your mind is just racing. So already at 19 years old, this kid's life is, is starting to to turn a little bit. And I don't think anybody really thinks about that, right? They just see this, you know, uh, a hero all of a sudden, this bright-eyed kid and, and wants to go out and do these things. But you've got to realize there's stuff way deeper inside Luke's mind, inside Luke's heart, that we don't talk about ever on any show, any any uh, site or page I ever see. Nobody really talks about all the the mental and the psychological things that would go on inside of Luke's head at this point. So now you get to the point where he's kind of they're they're driving home whatever and they see the Jawas are attacked and they figure out that they're gonna, you know where they would go. So Luke rushes home, to uh, to his to the homestead and sees that Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru have been fried by the Empire. So now you've added this part. Now you've done the people you've known for 19 years as your parents that you've that you love and that, that you that you treat as your parents and they treat you as their child. And they take care of you. All of a sudden they they're gone, right? Killed by the same people that killed your father, so now now you're a real fucking mess. I would think, right? I I, I would be. So now he goes ahead and decides he's going to go on this adventure. But in the meantime, think about this. So he's got to go back from the homestead back to the 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 Jawa crawler. 
Do you guys ever have an issue in life and you go on a drive? It could be a 20-minute drive, an hour drive, or whatever, and your mind just races and you go through all these things and you tear yourself up and it drives you nuts. Imagine what's going through Luke's head at this point when he's by himself. You know, nobody to talk to. I don't think there's a radio on his speeder. He's just cruising in his own thoughts, going through these things. And we're only at the very first part of this story, guys. And... You know, he's already got to be just a fucking mess. And you never see it. I never hear anything about, oh, you never see him grieve Aunt, uh, Aunt Baru and Uncle Owen. I, I never hear any bitching about that, ever. And he doesn't do anything but, like, turn his head to the right and look sad for a second. But I never hear bitching about that, by the way. So after this time, you know, he's probably been thinking in that speeder, and he gets back to Ben, and he gets back to the droids, and he's got to be thinking, you know what? Fuck it. Let's go. Uh, I have nothing to lose now. You know, my buddy's gone. My my aunt and uncle are gone. Um, I just learned this truth about my father. I've got this crazy old man. I've got a laser sword in my pocket. You know, fuck it, man. Let's go wreck some shit. Let's get into it. I mean, what would anybody else do at that point in, in the real life, right? We wouldn't go off on an adventure and blow shit up, but we'd probably be sitting there drinking or whatever or, or finding some way to drown your sorrows. This kid's, this kid's mechanism at this point is let's go get in an adventure. Let's go do something. Let me change my life right now. This is the only shot I've got. Otherwise, I'm going to sit here uh, on this moisture farm collecting water all fucking day, and that's all I'm going to do. So, you know what? Screw it. Let's go, Ben. So now we hit the cantina, right? And uh, first off, I don't know how many cantinas Luke's been in his life, but I doubt he's been to Moss Eisley, you know, the most wretched hive of scum and villainy. And immediately he's getting picked on and trying to be passive and, and do all this. But you'd imagine he'd want to turn around and, and deck Pondababa or, or Dr. Evans and You'd think he just want to turn around and deck him, but in, instead, you know, he tries to turn the other cheek and whatever, but gets protected by Ben. And then he sees something he's never seen. Again, something completely new. His day is completely out of control now. You know, Ben pulls out his fucking lightsaber and chops off the arm, and, and all these things happen, and Luke's got to be like, what the actual fuck is going on in my life right now? You know, things have got to be spinning, and... and and this stuff you would you would never think about seeing. And he's in a bar, no big fucking deal. Just got off a guy's arm. So so his story just keeps going, and weirder things keep happening to him. And then next, you know, now he's sitting at a table with a fucking Wookiee. And I don't know how many times he's seen a Wookiee in his life, but I imagine. I mean, I know you see a lot of aliens, but a, a Wookiee is pretty different. I imagine that's got to be kind of a little bit of a shocker. Um, even though Ben seemed to talk to him and have no problem with it, I'd be like, damn, that's a that's a Wookiee. You never see Wookiees. Um. And you get to meet this uh the smuggler cat, you know, this cocky guy, and you kind of try to play up like you're you're big and bad like this guy. He's got 10 years on you, but you want to act like you're a tough guy and a pilot and all this stuff. And so he's put on this bravado, and, you know, Luke w- wants to be a big shot already. You know, so you can see this thing, and, and kind of like his father, like, I don't know, you, you think you're badass, I can be badass. It, Luke's, Luke's already got this in him, okay? I mean, nothing really big here as far as story-wise, but you can see that that glimpse in him when uh, he wants to, like, slam the table and tell Han, you know, I'm not such a bad pilot myself, and, and kind of get at him. And, you, and I can kind of feel that whole, that Anakin piece on why can't I be a Jedi Master or um, even young Anakin. I always love the scene with young Anakin when May said, no, he will not be trained. And immediately when you look at Anakin's face, you see this, like, why the fuck not, you know? I kind of see that same thing with, with Luke here and, and giving Han that look, and you just have this this feeling of this kid that, that wants more and thinks he can do anything now. And, and what else does he have to lose? And he just about says that li- a little bit later when they sell the speeder and he says, well, I'm never coming back here. Nothing left for me here type of thing. So, you know, Luke at this point has, has 
nothing to him. What did, what did he even bring with him? Did he even bring a bag with him? He just jumped out, left the left the moisture farm, came out, you know, in his tunic and fuck it. I got my speeder, I got my tunic, I got this old man, a lightsaber, and two fucking droids I just met. You know, this is all I have left in my life. But here we go. So Luke's finally getting off the planet. First time ever, he's going, you know, in the in the space, he's going through hyperspace, he's he's got new people around him he's never met, he's not comfortable with, all these things. Then all of a sudden, not only is all this happening, it's not like he, you know, gets pulled over or something silly happens. He gets fucking pulled into the goddamn Death Star. Something nobody's ever seen. Something brand new. This big, you know, weapon of mass destruction that's going to wreak havoc on the entire galaxy. And here's Luke, uh, one of the first ones to see it outside of the Empire. And actually not even see it to get trapped on it. Okay? So here we go. So this kid has done nothing. All of a sudden, this big adventure. Never been on a space station. Never really been on a, a ship outside the planet. But all of a sudden, he's on a fucking space station the size of a moon. So you got to think his mind is racing here. He's seeing all these troopers, these droids, all this new clean equipment. When he's used to, again, being full of dust and shit and all this mess, this has got to be completely out of control for him. I mean, hell, even being on the Falcon isn't that far from being on Tatooine. Could you imagine from going from Tatooine to the Falcon to the Death Star? And that's really all you've ever seen in your life. So now on the Death Star, and I know I'm jumping around here. You guys don't need a whole breakdown of the entire movie. I know you know how the movie goes. But you get to the point where now all of a sudden Luke wants to be this hero, and he wants to save this princess. And we're in this whole gallant knight in shining, ar shining armor type of thing where he wants to be this hero. I mean, out of nowhere, right? Again, we talk about Mary Sue with Rey. Luke is on the fucking Death Star, surrounded by over a million and a half people, right, that for all intents and purposes, would kill him in a heartbeat. And he wants to go fucking save this this princess. Which, by the way, another discussion we'll have one day is the Death Star is the size of a goddamn moon. How lucky are they to get pulled into the, the, the hangar right there to where we have access to not only the, uh, the tractor beam generator, <laughs> but also to the, uh, the prisoner bay. How... how Lucky were they that they weren't 27 miles away from all of these things. But again, we look back on things with rose-colored glasses, but we bitch about the new stuff. But I'll, I'll let that go for now yet again. You know, to keep a long story short here, he uh, they, they save the princess. They go through it. He see she's gorgeous. You know, he's like, wow, you know, how, how can farm boy me be on this this space station i can save a princess i can do all this and they get away and all these crazy things are happening you got to imagine again his mind is going wild this guy has been doing nothing but shooting womp rats and collecting power converters and now here he is fucking you know saving princesses and, and trying to save the galaxy to get you know getting these plans these secret plans to this secret battle station to the rebel alliance so they can take down the entire fucking government you know so again his head's got to be spinning so now we get to Yavin 4. And miraculously, he gets put into the uh, squadron to go out and attack this Death Star as it's going to blow everybody up. So he's, his, his new job, again, goes from moisture farming to now taking down a Death Star and, and just trying to be a wingman at this point is all he's doing, covering people with no prior X-Wing experience. You know, he pilots his little fucking Skyhopper at home. And now he's in a fucking X-Wing in the middle of outer space where everything's got to feel different. You go from shooting through canyons and on the desert ground, just barely off of it, on a speeder, 
you know, you know, a little bit up in the air to you are literally surrounded by nothing but space going towards a space station to attack it being shot at. How the hell does that happen again? Is, is he a Larry Sue? I never fucking hear that. But OK, again, long, long story short, we get to the point where everybody's gone but him and he's got to make this shot and he's got a fucking dead. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Now he fucking told you there's no notes, so we're going to have to rewind a bit. He loses Ben on the Death Star, okay? The guy that now has pretty much taken everybody else's spot in his life, the only guy that has answers about his family, the only person that's telling him where to go and how he can be a Jedi and all these things, he loses him. So now he's lost, found out his his father's story was a lie, doesn't know his mother, lost his aunt and uncle who raised him, lost the one guy who has answers for him, and then the guy's talking in his fucking head, Skywalker's got to be a fucking wreck at this point, right? A fucking wreck. But somehow he makes it, and he's not really mourning. He gets sad, sad on the on the holochess board, but that's about it. There's not a big mourning scene or anything. This dude has lost every fucking thing. Um, and then we fast forward. Then we're on Yavin. Then we're at the Death Star, and we're caught up. That's the problem with not doing notes, but we can go back and forth. Fuck it. It's just us, right? So now, again, knowing nothing about the Force, Nothing except that it's an energy field that surrounds us and binds us, you know, all or penetrates us and binds the galaxy together. That's all you know. That's all you know about the Force. All of a sudden, you're in a fucking Death Star trench, okay? Uh, uh, space station, you know how big it is. You've been inside it. You know how many people are in there. There are 1.7 million people inside of this Death Star, okay? You have, you don't know who's behind you, but you have the Dark Lord of the Sith, the man that killed your father, the, the darkest dude in the galaxy, Force user, barreling down on you. Okay, and you can somehow, at this point, after after Han saves you, you take one shot with a voice in your fucking head, right? You've got to be thinking you're going nuts. One shot, you blow this Death Star up. Now, yeah, you you just destroyed uh, the Empire's super weapon, but you also pulled the trigger and killed 1.7 million people. Imagine you killed one person. And how you would feel, unless you're some kind of psychopath, right? Um, you would feel remorse. You would feel horrible. Even if it's a bad person, you took a life. So you would feel semi-bad. He killed 1.7 million people single-handedly. That has got to fuck with this dude's head. I know he gets off his X-Wing and he and, and, and Leia runs over and Han and they're all happy. and Oh, they're going to just fix R2, fuck him. You know, they get medals and all this. But you got to realize, this guy, 1.7 million people. Yes, you killed Tarkin. Yes, you killed a lot of horrible troops. But you killed the fucking lunch lady. You know, you killed the janitors. You killed the, the techs that fixed droids. You you killed families. You killed people that are on there just making a living, working for the legitimate government at this point. You just killed a shitload of government workers. You are basically the terrorist. And you went from a farm boy to a terrorist basically overnight after learning all this about your family, losing the rest of your family, losing your mentor, doing all this, hearing voices in your fucking head, but and killing 1.7 million people. You don't think this dude is fucked up right now? I'd be a fucking mess. Why does this never get talked about? Why his mental state has to be a wreck? All right. So you realize we just went 23 minutes talking about a new hope, and that's the easy part? Right, we're not even to Empire yet, where he gets super fucked up. Um, I'll try to cruise through that in Je- uh, Jedi a little bit, so we can get to uh, 
Last Jedi, really, but fuck, man. That's that's 23 minutes on Luke's mental state, really, through this process that, again, nobody talks about. Everybody just wants to say how, no, he's he's the, the hero. He would never do wrong. He could never do this. He would never leave his friends. He would all these things. But you got to realize the dude has got to have some serious mental issues at this point, things that wreck in his brain. I know just in regular life, I have never blown up a Death Star. I have lost family. I have there things have happened, right? Um grew up in a similar situation. Fuck, dude, I grew up in Victorville, California, which is not that much different than Tattoo fucking Ween. Right? So, you know, I, I I do relate to Luke already at this point as a 19-year-old kid. I was 18 when I found my shit out, but I relate to him, you know, and I know shit goes to your head. And I didn't have to kill 1.7 million people to be fucked up. So now let's jump to Empire. And you've gone a couple years, four years or so right now and you've gone through a few adventures and you've been through things you know you're you're basically right now one of the most wanted people in the galaxy you've gone from being an absolute nobody to nobody giving a shit about you nobody knowing your name not doing a damn thing to everybody fucking hunting you right you have a price on your head so big it would have paid the rest of your life you would never had to work again had you had that bounty right so th- that's what a huge jump in your life Right, that's that's bigger than a career change. I mean, fuck a duck, right? You that that's that's massive. Okay, so go through some adventures. You find out the Vader's chasing you. You even had a, a confrontation with them in the comics. All these things, um, and that was one of the coolest parts in the in the the Star Wars, the newer Star Wars comics, where he said you killed my father, and Vader tells him you're gonna need to be more specific. I've killed a lot of fathers. You know how fucked up is that? You know he's like you don't even give a shit enough about killing my father. To know who you fucking kill. You just kill people. I mean, how, how much hate could you have for this guy at this point? So, again, in between A New Hope and Empire, Luke's getting even more fucked up. So now we're on Hoth. And he's been trying to study the Force, doesn't know it very well yet, but he's still, you know, getting there. He's still with the Rebellion. They're still fighting their battles, but now here we are. And he gets fucking beat up by a Wampa, gets through all that, survives it. But not only does he have voices in his head, now he fucking sees Ben. So, and he just accepts this, by the way. He's not like, "Oh man, I'm going fucking nuts. I'm 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 sick from hypothermia. I'm 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 I I'm losing my mind." Nothing like that. He's like, "Oh yeah, Ben, I'm gonna go to the Dagobah system and get trained by a Jedi Master." Okay, cool. I'll take it. I'm good. You know. So uh, these there, he's getting saved by Han again the second time. He gets shoved inside of a fucking tauntaun. That's gonna mess with your head a little bit. Waking up inside of a tauntaun. That's that's kind of fucked. But uh, go through all that. Then they get to the Battle of Hoth. Battle of Hoth. We're just gonna add to his legend here, right? So he's blown up a Death Star already. Uh, now we're going against Adats, and he fucking single-handedly, right? The speeders aren't doing shit. He walks up to it literally with no ship. Just him, an explosive, and his lightsaber, you know, and a batarang, or a uh, grappling hook, where he uh, shoots up, kills, or takes down a fucking Adat by himself, adding to his kill count. But really, if you're going to kill 15 people in an Adat and you already killed 1.7 million people, it really, it's, it's a drop in the hat, right? Not a big fucking deal to him. I mean, his kill-death ratio is still out of control. Even after killing the Adat, he's still at... 1.7 million kills. It didn't even move. So, no biggie for him. But here we go. Now we get through the Battle of Hoth. We've survived all this. You've added to a legend because you've taken an Adat down single-handedly. Um, now you go off and you and you meet this little fucking Yoda. Okay? And he's teaching you all these things and he's he's uh, 
putting you through trials and you're starting to use the force. Now you have these abilities you had no idea about. And he's kind of putting you in your place. And this is your this is basically your new mentor. And he's kind of being a dick to you anyway. But you're learning that you have all sorts of powers you didn't know. Now, now all of a sudden we're talking about moving ships, not moving lightsabers like before in the, in the Wampa Cave. Now you're fucking, you're moving rocks, you're doing flips, you're jumping, you know, 30 feet in the air. Um, you're carrying Yoda on your back. You're, you're, he, you're watching him lift the X-Wing out like it's nothing, and he, he weighs about 80, 80 pounds soaking wet. You know, all these things, but you realize there's more to this force than, than you could realize. But you still don't know anything about your past. All that happens is you mention they, they, you guys talk about Vader for like a half a second, right? And all you can see is that Luke just hates him, and he has this, this, this wretched hate and, and desire to take Vader down. And that's the trial inside the tree, right, where he has to see Vader, and he strikes him down, and he strikes first, and so non-Jedi, you know. Yoda tries to teach him, you know, the Force is for knowledge and defense, never for attack. But what does he do in the cave? He, he takes the lightsaber with him, as Yoda warned him not to, and he attacks. And then he sees, you know, himself inside Vader's mask, showing that what he can become, that, that that's, that's his future if he doesn't, you know, sort shit out. But after getting through that, then all of a sudden they're doing their other thing. They're, they're, they're going through their exercises, and you realize all of a sudden, now fuck, Luke can see the future, right? Now he's giving visions during this training, and he can see Han and Leia, and that they're in a city in the clouds, and they're in pain. And I mean, okay, now you have voices in your head. Now you see visions. Now you've met a little green guy that, t- that shows you all these new powers. Now you can see the fucking future. You would think again, there's got to be some shit going on in your head. You're not thinking you're nuts. You, I'd be thinking I'm going kind of crazy. But here we go. Serial killer Luke Skywalker. Destroyed the Death Star. Destroyed an AT-AT. Now figures, I see my friends in danger. I can do fucking anything I want. I'm going to go off to this city in the clouds. Not knowing that it's Bespin, because there wasn't a sign on it. Not knowing that it was Cloud City. He's just going to use the Force, this new power he learned. And he's going to follow his feelings all the way to Cloud City. Okay? So now we get here, no problem. Doesn't take backup, doesn't call for the Alliance, doesn't call uh, anybody for help. You know, at, at this point, you can call Riken, you could call, you know, Akbar exists. All these people exist. We haven't seen Akbar at this point, but you know he exists. You could call for help and be like, hey guys, let's go to Bespin, let's go to Cloud City and help me get my friends. No, he's just going to go by himself. Him and R2, let's go save the fucking day. This is how cocky he's gotten since A New Hope, right? But again, I don't hear Larry Sue. But... Here we are. So now we're here, and he gets to come face-to-face with the man, right? And by the way, had Luke, just just to go off a tangent here, had Luke not gone to Cloud City, shit wouldn't have been any different, right? Except he wouldn't have got chopped. That's it. He wouldn't have lost his hand, and he probably wouldn't have found out Vader was his father yet. That's the only thing there. All he really could have done right here was fuck shit up. Because without him, Lando was already, he had already fucked him over, but he was already helping. He knows nothing about Luke, doesn't give a shit. He was already saving Chewie. He was already saving Leia. They were already going to go after Han. You know, all these things were happening without Luke. Luke really being at Cloud City was just him being reckless. That's all it was. And, and him wanting to save his friends, but him wanting to face Vader, all these things. And, you know, again, Luke's kind of going off and, and not doing things right, but everybody wants to see, oh, he's a hero and he's going after his friends. It was actually a fucking dumb move to go to Cloud City by himself. But regardless, we get to this point now, and he's going to duel with Vader, okay? And uh, he ignites first, again, not learning any lessons. He wants to attack immediately, go right at him. You know, knowledge and defense, never for attack, but Luke doesn't listen. 
So Luke goes for it, and he thinks he's going to take down Vader, even cocky enough that the dumbass goes one-handed on Vader and loses his lightsaber for a second, okay? Um, probably dumbest movie could have possibly made. But you get through this fight, and you're kind of lucky you're surviving, really, but Vader's trying to keep you alive. He could have killed you in about a half a second. We get through all this, and we get to all of a sudden now, we're at this 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 moment where you see the hatred in Luke, and, and Vader says, you know, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. And he says, you told me enough. You told me you killed him. And his anger, and you can just feel like Luke has this dark in him, you know? And he talks about that in the books, how, you know, again, powerful light, powerful dark. He tells Leia, um, you know, when she feels darkness in Kylo in the womb, that he's all, it's okay. He's all, you know, the brightest light casts the darkest shadow. Everybody has it. You know, but Luke's showing it right here. He's so angry. And then Vader breaks off the I'm your daddy bit. And, okay, the dude's already nuts. He's already a serial killer. He's already got voices in his head. He's already lost everything he's got ever had. And now he figures out that the guy he hates most in his life, that in his whole wide world, the guy that he thinks killed his father, the guy that's responsible for Owen and Baru's death, the guy that's responsible for the death of billions of people, all of this, all of a sudden is his dad. And he knows it's true. Okay? So now how fucked up is he in the head? Right? You can't just get over this shit. There's not stuff where you can just be like, hey, I'm, uh, I, I don't know in a galaxy far, far away if they have Xanax, but I'm not thinking Luke's got one in his pocket. You're not going to pop a Xanny and be okay. Right? All of a sudden, here's Luke learning this truth. You know? And then he does what any rational human being with, you know, unknown powers and learns that somebody's his dad does is he drops himself seemingly to his death. But, you know, he gets lucky and, and falls into a, into a shooter, uses the force to get out this trash chute. Um, out on Cloud City. Again, I don't hear people bitch about this stuff, which is funny, because I, I think the original trilogy, a tangent again, by the way, the original trilogy is flawless to me. In my head, I can watch it all day. I do rank Return lower than a couple other movies, but still, the original trilogy as a whole is flawless. But if you want to go through it and nitpick it like you do The Last Jedi, The Force Awakens, and anything else that comes out, you can poke holes through just about this entire movie, and Empire is the greatest movie of all time, and I can rip the shit out of it, just as a side note. So now, now we're hanging out on a weather vane, okay? Upside down, not knowing that Leia escaped. Last time you saw Leia, she was yelling, it's a trap, and she was surrounded by stormtroopers, right? So you've done this whole move. You've fallen what could have been to your death, right? You just kind of winged it and went for it. So now you're outside of Cloud City, on the bottom, no way up, no way out, and you magically have this power now to connect to Leia, and you go straight for Leia. You didn't ask for Han, because you, you don't know Han's frozen, you don't know what just happened to Han. You go straight for Leia. You don't ask Chewie, you don't, anything like that, you go for Leia. It just so happens that Leia's not that far away in the cockpit of the Falcon, okay? So now you have this new magic power that nobody's taught you, that nobody said, hey, Luke, this is how you communicate with people. You know, Ben can do it, but he's dead. And you're not sure if you're crazy, but now you can do it. So it gets her to come back here. Now, all of a sudden, now you've been in somebody's head. Now when you're back on the Falcon, with your hand cut off, by the way, who your dad just cut off your fucking right hand, which is which is kind of jacked up. Um, Now we're sitting here, and a new fucking voice is in your head. Now Vader's talking to you in your head. So, now you've got Ben in your head, you can get in Leia's head, your dad's in your head. What is going on here? The guy has got to be a fucking mess. And this might be actually the most messed up he's looked, but it, part of it's in shock when he's in the in the uh, the cockpit of the Falcon saying, Ben, or in, in there, why didn't you tell me? 
all these things. So he's he's a little bit of a mess. But man, I'd be I'd be on my knees. I'd be like I'd be curled up in a corner. Like why is my life so fucked up? What happened? What did I do wrong here? But he gets through that, and he gets his new hand, and everything's good to go. And you know, and all of a sudden here we go, chipper old Luke, and he. He's fighting all this stuff, or at least at least conveying to all of us that he's okay, conveying to Leia and Lando and Chewie's okay. I'll meet you on the rendezvous point on Tatooine, and he's all okay now. Everything's okay. Never mind the fact that, again, I'd be in a corner still griping about I'm killing 1.7 million people four years ago. I'd still be a mess about that, right? But he's not sitting there going, oh, my God, everybody's lied to me. My whole life is a mess. My dad just chopped off my hand. My dad is the guy that I should be hating. What the hell? He's killed billions. I've killed millions. We're a fucked up family. Nothing like that's going through his head. He's just like, let's go save Han. You know, or at least he's hiding what's going through his head. It's got to be driving him nuts. So now let's fast forward six months, okay, or so. And now we're going to go save Han. And you put together this cockamamie plan to get your friends captured, to give up your droids, and to go in single-handedly against the most powerful gangster in the entire galaxy. Um... Good plan. So now you're cocky because now you're a Jedi Knight. You've trained yourself to be a Jedi Knight. You've changed into a black tunic, and now you're a badass. Let's go do it, okay? No biggie. So I like the transformation. I like the fact that he's gone from, you know, pretty confident to you can't mess with me. I'm a fucking Jedi Knight. But again, we're six months later. It took him four years to learn how to move a lightsaber. But six months later, he's got this shit figured out. Um, But there, there's not as much... I would say throughout the beginning of Return, that much about Luke that would that would change him. You know, he goes through the the rescue here, which is a badass move. You know, he does this these cool things and he made this great plan. Again, we've gone in a short time from four years from him being a, f- a farm boy to destroying Death Stars to destroying Adats to facing the darkest Sith Lord in the galaxy to rescuing his his friends from Jabba the Hutt, the most powerful gangster. He's done all these things in a matter of four years. So now we go back and see Yoda. Again, his new mentor that he had, he promised he'd go back and he'd see, and it's only a few months later, so he's ready to get back to his training so he can learn more, so he can become really a full-fledged Jedi Knight. And now what happens? Now Yoda dies. Holy shit, everybody in this dude's life dies. If you guys remember, I made this point on Sarlacc years, or years ago, a year ago, about Darth Leia and how nobody would ever blame Leia for going dark. Well, man, listen to all this shit. I- I'm pretty sure nobody would blame Luke for going to the dark side either. The guy has had more problems than anybody. He's had a more of a messed up life than Anakin did. Sure, Anakin was a slave, but he was really taken care of after he was 10 years old. It was not, you know, not like it was for Luke. It was not all fucked up, and Anakin never, until he was Vader, killed 1.7 million people and had to deal with that. So now he's lost Yoda. Now he goes back, and now he's on home one while they're making the plans, and immediately he jumps right in. I'm with you, too. And here, let's go Let's go save the galaxy again, you know, because that's what I do. I used to be a farm boy, but now I'm the uh, the galaxy saver, you know, at, on call. You know, if you need, you need something saved, you call me. I'll be there. So this is him now, okay? And then he realizes, when they're on the, on the, on the shuttle, that he probably fucked up because, oh, yeah, I forgot, six months ago when I was on the Falcon my dad knew where I was and could sense me. So now he's like, ah, oh, shit, I'm endangering the mission. I shouldn't have come. He can sense me. You dumbass. You should have figured that out by yourself and taken this X-Wing because you can pilot or taken something else and gone on your own there. That would have been okay, right? 
you could have figured out a better plan. Your excellent planning with Java was not an excellent plan going to Endor. Oh, wait, and again, remember, no notes, got to go backwards. You just found out again that this girl that you've kind of been in this uh, romantic triangle with with Han is your fucking sister, right? She kissed you six months ago on Hoth. You've had kind of the hots for her since you met her four years ago. Um, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit. That's my twin fucking sister. I've been like kissing myself. Uh, you know, I, I've been I've had the hots for myself this whole time. How fucked up is that? Let's add that into the checklist of things that would fuck Luke's head up. Okay. But now here we are on Endor. Um, we go through the whole piece with uh, the Ewoks and floating 3PO and all this new stuff. Okay. And he decides that he's going to go ahead and tell Leia about the, the thing and mention that he's never met his mother. All these things get out right there. Right. But again, he never loses the emotions. Um, there, there'd be a point in some one of these conversations where I would just break the fuck down, and we never really see that. I mean, I, we we get on the Last Jedi for not showing him cry when Han dies. This dude should have been crying since A New Hope, and we have not seen it yet. So Luke's a pretty tough motherfucker. So let's let's stop with that bitching. So now he goes off, and he gets dropped off in the ad at, and he's now he's with his father face to face, and he thinks he's gonna save him. Right. And again, this is part of the grief you get about Last Jedi is he thinks he can save Darth Vader, but he doesn't go, you know, the the Ben thing, which we'll get into in a minute. But, you know, he's given it a shot here. He's lost every single thing in his life. This is the one thing. Again, there, there's part uh, uh, a part in the, the new canon where he says, uh, I don't know that I want to kill Vader. And Leia kind of thinks that's weird because it's it's like Vader's the only one. This is before he knows it's his father that could tell him anything about his past. Vader is now the one that could teach him about the Force or tell him about the Force, tell him about his father, tell him about the Jedi. Vader's probably the only person in the galaxy that understands what Luke is going through that's still alive. So a lot of people don't realize that either, and that's kind of fucked up. So the person you hate the most that becomes your father eventually, right? Because he said this before he knew it was his father. He said this uh, before Empire, where it was like, I don't know that I want to kill him yet or at all because he uh, he would understand me. I might need to talk to him. So now you're now you're actually face to face with him, and you're going to be able to have a conversation. And now you're talking, and you're trying to bring him back. You want to bring him back partially because he's your dad, partially because it'll stop the dark side, but also partially because now you can probably get some answers to all these things that have been racking your brain for fucking ever, right? So here we are, and he's trying to save him, trying to save him, and then he even says, "Then my father truly is dead." You know, and he knows at some point he's probably going to have to fight him. You know, and he tries to put on this, this bravado and be, and be tough and all this stuff, but you know he's got to, again, be a mess in his head. You notice this is my, my theme here, right? He's He's got to have anxiety. He's got to have some depression. He's got to have some kind of mental issues right now. If he doesn't, we're dealing with Dexter Season 1 here, and that's not what we want from Luke, right? That would be your hero becoming just this psychopath or sociopath, as it were. So now fast forward a little bit. Now we're in the throne room, and the Emperor's been taunting him, and Luke says how he's not going to turn him, and yada, yada, yada. And finally, you know, Emperor Palpatine uh, breaks off that, you know, this is all my plan. Your your pitiful rebel friends on the Endor moon are, are toast. I'm the one that let them get the plans. I'm the one that brought them here. Watch me blow the shit out of all your friends. You're fucked. So now he shoots some people, and you're assuming that some, a lot of your friends are there. You're assuming now that your friends on Endor are toast because they're walking into a trap. So what does Luke do? He immediately turns, and he's going to go ahead and strike again first. Luke strikes first yet again, right? He pulls that lightsaber out by instinct, goes for the kill when he knows his friends are in danger. He's trying to save his friends. He's going for the kill, 
remember that for when we talk about The Last Jedi. So, goes for it, gets stopped by Vader, and gets in, in the best fight in the original trilogy, right? The Return of the Jedi fight. Um, best fight, not best ending of it. The Empire fight, obviously the end is the best, but the Return of the Jedi fight is, is legit. The chore- choreography on it, the, the lighting, the everything is phenomenal in Return. So, through this whole thing... Luke's holding his own, actually pushing Vader back a bit. You know, he's doing a good job of fighting his father. Now, part of this is probably because Vader doesn't want to kill Luke. Vader Vader would rather have Luke join him, take down Palpatine at this point. You know, Vader probably is kind of turning. But then then he goes ahead and gets in his head again. And while Luke is hiding and saying, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to turn. This is no point. Again, why are you not fighting now? Now you're stuck on the bigger Death Star. You're in the throne room of the two most powerful Sith Lords that are killing shit. You kind of want to fight. So, again, dumb decision on Luke's part. But nobody bitches about that writing either. Why would you hide? I'm just going to hide in this corner until everything is done. You're just letting people die at this point. So, silly, silly maneuver there. But... Then he thinks about his sister. Vader figures it out. Now, here comes the dark side, right? Here comes Luke Dark. Just comes out full mess, going at it. This reminds me of, like, when um, Maul kills Qui-Gon, and you see uh, Obi-Wan bouncing, just ready to fight. I just have in my head that Obi-Wan is just tapped into the darkness right there. Like, Obi-Wan is using his anger and his hatred right there. Same thing with Luke right here. This is just that moment where your Jedi lets loose and has that moment where, like, fuck, here we go. And he goes, and he goes for minutes, Okay. Um, without holding back until he gets him back and he's about to chop off his hand and hey, or he chops off his hand, he's about to go for the kill and then the Emperor, who's honestly, this is the dumbest movie could do, is ha ha ha, kill him, take his place by my side. If you hadn't said it, likely he would have killed him and he'd taken his place by your side. But since you went ahead and pulled the evil villain move and told your whole plan right there, you fucked shit up, Palpatine. So, you know, nice move there. So now Luke pulls the whole, oh no, I'm, I, I'll never join you and I'm a Jedi like my father before me, yada yada yada. Okay, so I, I see where everybody thinks Luke is this big hero and he's flawless, but but he's not. You know, he's got all these things going through his head and he makes stupid decisions. And, and honestly, right here, he should have fucking threw his lightsaber at Palpatine's head. He should have went at Palpatine unarmed. He should have done whatever he could. He should have used the force and thrown him down that, that thing. You know, it's kind of like uh, Infinity War. You know, Thor should have went for the head on Thanos. Luke should have went ahead and gone for the kill on both these guys. You know, but they don't. But uh, the, the payoff here is your friends end up succeeding on Endor. Your friends uh, take down the shield. Your other friends get into the Death Star to come destroy it. And in the long run, your father does turn back. Your father does save you. It, it does all these things. So, I mean, in the end, you made some silly decisions that probably shouldn't have been made, but it worked out in your favor. Vader kills the Emperor. The dark side is pretty much destroyed. The Sith, not the dark side, is pretty much destroyed at this point. And you pretty much think you've saved your father. So now you've got no family you do have your friends but now you're like oh man i have a dad you know yay and he saved my life we can be buddies now we can go fishing no now he fucking dies on you so now you've lost never knew your father never knew your mother lost your aunt and uncle lost your first mentor lost your second mentor got your father back lost your father you know found out the girl you were digging on is your sister so he's got some fucked up shit so now he loses his father burns him does all these things but yet is still so fucking happy even though the second Death Star just blew up with like 3 million people on it. So now we're up to 4.7 million, though he didn't pull the trigger, so he's okay. And the reason I keep saying that pull the trigger is because there's a point in a um, certain point of view, they have a doc- Dr. Afra story, um, and they, they mention in there, you know, how hard would it be for the Death Star gunner to blow up Alderaan? 
that they bet that she bet there was like 20 different people that had buttons and they would all hit it at the same time. So nobody knew who blew it up because that shit would fuck with you. Right. Um, that's why people execute people with their heads turned. So it wouldn't it won't fuck with them as much. All that kind of stuff. That's why I keep bringing that up, by the way, because they've made a point of it in canon that that would be a mess. So there we go. That's the original trilogy in 47 minutes. So we're going to go our longest episode ever because now we've got to go into how Luke becomes where we get him in The Last Jedi. So now we've seen things. We've seen the Battlefront game, how he's off. He leaves almost immediately, and he wants to go searching for uh, Jedi and Sith relics, you know, to learn things about the Force, just just Force material. Um, he wants to learn now. He, he has nobody else. He needs to go out and learn learn the Force to be either the most powerful Jedi or teach new Jedi, whatever he's going to end up doing. That's his, that's his new mission is to find out all that he can about what has happened in the past, what he can do for the future and all this. So he's on a on a great mission, you know, you would think. But immediately we know he's gone. He's he's left kind of the galaxy. They talk about it in Aftermath and, and all these things about was Luke even there when, when uh, Ben was born? Um, there was a rumor that he was there at a wedding. All these things. But Luke is really gone from the galaxy really early. Really, really shortly after, even during the Aftermath series, Luke is gone. You know, um, there's not a lot of communication with him at all. He's he's off doing his own thing. So now he's gone through all this shit. You know his head's got to be a mess. He's probably not on antidepressants or anti-anxiety pills. He's just going on his own, trying to focus on the Force and learn new things. Right? And now he's alone. Just him and R2. Okay? And R2, as great as R2 is, I'm sure isn't a companion like he, he would be with, with if Han was with him, with Leia was with him, with, even with fucking Chewie was with him. You know, it's it still is just R2. And God help me for saying that. I, I, I'm so sorry I said only R2. But during this time, and, and in the canon, they have the uh, the legends of Luke Skywalker, right? He hears all these stories about either how great he is or how bad he is. Because remember, um, kind of like on, on all these websites and these troll sites and all these fake news things, whether it be political, whether it be Star Wars, whether it be whatever, right, sports, anything, um, things get swayed depending on your point of view. So... There are many in the galaxy, obviously, that think he's a hero. Oh, he destroyed the Empire. He destroyed the Death Star. He killed Vader. He killed the Emperor. He did all these things. What a wonderful person. But you've also got the flip side, right? Not everybody in the galaxy hated the Empire. So now he's destroyed the government. This terrorist went and destroyed the government. This guy that killed 1.7 million people plus, right, is out there, not caring, not doing anything. Um... He's just out there with his magical power, probably the most powerful man in the universe. These people see him as a god, a lot of them, and some people see him as a devil, right? He's evil. It's it's such a mess, and that's got to mess with your head, too, because you're going to hear that. I'll, I'll, let's use, they don't have Twitter, but imagine if Luke Skywalker had fucking Twitter, right? And all the mess that people go through now, like like Kelly Marie Tran that we've talked about, Agnosium, you know, Ryan Johnson uh, over and over, all these people that get blasted on the internet and blasted on Twitter and see all these things. Imagine if Luke fucking Skywalker had Twitter. How much shit he would get. It'd be like, oh my god, I can't believe you did that. And how could you even think? And then uh, inevitably the fake news would be like, oh, he killed four billion people. You know? And then all, all this stuff. And But they have stories of him pulling down Death Stars with his hands. They have all sorts of stories. that He was even, it was a fake setup. And all, all these crazy conspiracy theory stories about Luke. And he's having to hear all this. You know? So... Thank God there was no no Twitter on the Hollow Net or anything like that, because he'd have been even more of a mess. 
But he does hear this stuff, and he hears the legend of Luke Skywalker and how great he is. And at this point, he's thinking, man, I'm, I'm really probably not that great. I've only done a few things. You know, I, I happen to get off Tatooine. I, I am the one that pulled the trigger. I am the one that saved the princess. I did pull down an AT-AT. Um, I did redeem Darth Vader. I mean, he's done some things. Don't get me wrong, by, by any means. But not the, the legend that's here. And everybody wants to be Luke Skywalker. And Luke Skywalker is the hero of the galaxy, the rebellion, the everything. And Luke Skywalker is all this. And that's that's probably getting to his head a couple of different ways. Either it can make him really big-headed or it's like, God, I just I want to go back to being that 19-year-old kid with dreams. Because now my dreams, this is not what I wanted to be. Because now I'm known everywhere. Now I'm uh, known for good and for bad. It, it just, again, it's got to be messing with you. And this is a span of four and a half years his whole life has just gone gone berserk right he's sitting at what 25 years old now anyway we'll have to fast forward a little bit here because the story is left kind of open right and i'm sure that's for a reason i'm sure we're going to get more books more comics maybe a animated series maybe maybe flashbacks in episode nine whatever but luke's story for the most part in that 30 years in between empire and the force awakens is not told so we're going to have to make a few assumptions. We know he's out learning. We know he's out um, looking for things. We know at some point he takes on the Jedi Academy that he didn't really want to do at first, but he ends up taking on Ben, okay? His nephew, his sister's kid, the grandson of Darth Vader. And mind you, mind you, nobody in the galaxy besides Han, Luke, and Leia know that Darth Vader is Luke and Leia's father. Ben does not know this for most of his time. We know he doesn't learn that until six years before The Force Awakens during the Bloodline piece, which is when Luke is still training him. So this is before the whole, um, you know, hut light, the, the lightsaber scene inside the hut. So here he is, never really been fully trained himself, just learned through books, learned through, learned through uh, maybe a holocron or two, whatever he's learned. He hasn't learned from anybody specific. He's just kind of learning on his own through the years. Now he's trying to teach this because, again, in his hubris, he says thinks with his mighty Skywalker blood, he and, and Ben can become powerful, that he can teach Ben, and, and we can recreate the Jedi Order. Well, while training Ben, he sees all this darkness, okay? Um, and it's scaring him. Remember, he's found out already that it was the Jedi that were responsible for the training and rise of Darth Vader, that were responsible and didn't stop the rise of, of Darth Sidious. All this stuff. Now, he's got this guy, the grandson of Vader, and Luke knows how messed up he is in his own head. Remember that. You guys, nobody thinks about that. Luke knows he has darkness in him that he has to fight all the time. Okay? We've seen it come out. You've got all this stuff in his head. Luke's pretty good about keeping it at bay, but he knows it's there, right? So Ben doesn't know how to control it. Ben has all this darkness. Luke goes into that hut knowing after the training, and he looks into his mind. And he can see all the pain, all the suffering that Kylo or Ben is going to cause. He sees him put killing and destroying everything he loves, including Han and Leia. Last time he saw Han and Leia in danger, what did he do? He ran off half-cocked to Cloud City to fight Darth Vader. It's what he does. So here we are. He gets half-cocked again because he sees Han and Leia in danger. And, no, and this is his nephew. But he sees what he's going to do. He sees the future. He knows what the future is going to hold. Luke's pretty powerful, right? So for that split second, he's all, I can end this all now. I can save it. I can stop it. This is the chance. He lights the lightsaber, and then he turns it back off. Okay? He had that fleeting moment, but then he's thinking, like, no, I can save him. I, I, I brought my father back. I can save my nephew. That's it. Problem was, Ben saw it. Ben felt it. Ben knew, too, because he was in his head. Ben's powerful, too. 
That's what caused that. Did Luke have a moment? Yes. We all have moments. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is this is probably a little darker than you'd want to ever talk about. But I mean, I'm sure everybody's had a moment where you're just fucking angry and driving and like, you know, you just like, well, I just I could just drive off the corner of this road and who would give a shit or, you know, and that was that was darker than it should have been. And but, you know, everybody's had a moment or punching a wall out of anger. All these things. Well, Luke just for one split second had that bit of anger. He didn't strike him down. He didn't have anything. He didn't do anything wrong besides think it. And there we go. It, it, it caused an issue. Now, so now Luke's in that point where, fuck, you know, Obi Wan fucked up and created Vader, and, and Vader killed billions, and they, the Jedi allowed this, and the Jedi allowed that, and with great light, there's great darkness, and oh man, what have I done? And and now Kylo's becoming dark. Well, I'm sure he's assuming at this point, mind you, the the more light there is, the more dark there is. Luke has to kind of go away like the other Jedi did. It's what the Jedi do. It's they 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 wait until the right moment, right? They know they can't just go half cocked and go fight. They've got to wait for the moment and wait for the time that that's right. And the Force kind of lets them know it's it's time now. You know, um, when when the twins were separated, they would know the time was right to to train them to bring them into the the fight. And the time was right. The Force connects everything. The, the nothing happens. By accident, remember, all is as the Force wills it. So right here, he knows to go un- until that time where the Force brings him back. So he does that. So he leaves, right? And he goes to the most unfindable place in the galaxy, the, the place that only he knows about, the original Jedi Temple. He's going to go there. He'll meditate. He'll just live his days out. He's not going to kill himself or anything. He's just going to die there. That's his plan. But unless, of course, the Force brings him back. He cuts himself off from it knowing that he's a danger now. He's a danger because he has that darkness inside him where he almost took out Ben. He knows that his light could create more darkness because it creates a, a bigger shadow. All these things, he has to kind of stay away here. And everybody thinks he's running away being a pussy. That's not what's going on. Luke has to to find himself again, or he thinks he's causing more trouble than good. You know, uh, he could probably think that, that Leia can handle There's it. a lot of uh, things going on here, but it's not just one thing. We're thinking he's making one decision based on one moment. He's got years and years and years since he was since he was born, basically, of all these things going on in his head. And, and this is where I really relate to Luke. It's like, fuck, there's a point. He's he's a little older than I am now. I'm, I'm 41, right? But it's like, fuck, can I just start over? You know, what do you do? Uh, you're just... Just a real mess, you know. And Luke's not immune to that because he's because he's a force sensitive. Luke Luke's a human too, so Luke's going through through some shit. So he goes off. He cuts himself off from the force. He doesn't know everything that's going on everywhere. But remember, when he leaves, there's not a full fledged war going on. The first order really isn't anything. I don't even know if he at this point in Bloodline when they find out about Vader and and everything. There is no First Order, really. Nobody knows about it. The, res- the Resistance is just being built. First Order was barely mentioned um, as, as, as coming to be. So Luke's not, like, leaving a war. Luke is just, okay, I, I can't, uh, I'm going to create more harm than good here with Ben, or I'm going to have to kill Ben, and that's going to change me again. And it, So many things, right? So he goes away, and he cuts himself off from the Force. So he doesn't know about the Starkiller base thing, because, again, he's shut off. He doesn't know about the Han thing. This all just happened in a, a, the day before we, we see Luke you know, on Octu. Um, so it's not like he's been hiding and missing a whole bunch of shit. This has been a day. I mean, he's been gone for years, but the big shit only happened in the last day. So here we go. He's sitting here probably, I'd assume, I'd assume 
five and a half years. I would think that the darkness inside Kylo was probably within six months of, of Bloodline and when that all happened. So here we go. We're, we're five, five and a half years of him being alone, being shut off, not knowing what's going on, hoping for the best, but just, just kind of not wanting to cause any more issue. And here comes this random kid, okay, telling him that they need him, that he needs to come back, this and that. He even mentions, oh, what, you want me to run out there with my laser sword and talks about the legend of Luke Skywalker, you know, all the bullshit he's heard about the pulling down, you know, Star Destroyers and all this stuff. And everybody thinks it's it's just him and he's just this one person in the galaxy and how important could he possibly be and all this stuff. But then he, you know, he finds out about Han. I'm, I'm sure he's told about Starkiller Base and the, the planets that were destroyed and all these things. And he's like, God, this is... He's probably feeling guilt. He's probably feeling a mess because he's like, I'm, I'm part of this, part of this mess. This is, this is me. You know, I, I created Kylo just like Obi-Wan and Jedi helped create Vader. And what have I done? And so now, you know, he's going through his bit of guilt and feeling bad. And he's allowed to do that, guys. He's allowed. You know, he's been through years and years. We're talking 35 years of shit at this point that would drive anybody nuts. And, and he's been by himself. He's not like talking to the caretakers every day. He's not. They're not buddy buddy. Then they're playing Yahtzee and and hanging out. He's really just by himself. So he's got to be going a little bit crazy. And it might take him, you know, a few hours a day or so to get himself back worked up. So she keeps asking him to come back, and he keeps saying no. But there's a point where he was ready to come back, right? And you don't catch it unless you read the book. But he was up meditating himself. Up, up on that that cliff where he was teaching teaching Ray, and as he was meditating, he had decided that you know what, it's time for me to come back. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna help. I'm gonna do what I can. I'm gonna save my friends. This is what I'm gonna do. Now you get to Luke, right? This is that point in the movie where Kylo and Ray are in their Force Skype and they're touching hands, and then Luke walks in, kind of blows the whole thing, you know, blows the hut apart, all this stuff. He was coming to tell her, let's go. Let's go save it. And he sees that, and it just drives it all down. He's like, oh, no, 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 it's, it can't be. Uh, you know, and everything's falling apart, and it just fucks him up even more. Where he was so sure 10 seconds ago, that whole Kylo scene and seeing that connection between the two of them, what, what's going on, is she got her, is she got what's going? what's happening? He can't process it right now because, again, he's been alone for a while. He's not processing a whole lot of otherworldly stuff. Um, you know, the, the poor guy, he's, he's been through a shit ton, Okay. So now he finally kind of has to explain it to Ray when they get that, that altercation out on the cliff, and she's got the lightsaber to his face, and, and he explains, you know. And he has to drop this guilt. Remember, he's been holding this guilt on to himself. Imagine, you know, somebody that's done something wrong or, or just feels horrible for something and just holds it into themselves. They have nobody to talk to, nobody to do anything with. Think about anybody that's ever fucked up and, and just is hiding it all inside. Well, he he lets it loose right there, and again, you got to figure he's got to, want to sit in a corner and bang his head and, and be so upset that he's fucked all this stuff up and he can't just be like, oh, well, let's go save it. He's he's still a, a wreck. So, she says, no, he tells her, don't don't go after Kylo. It's not going to end the way you want. And she goes to hand the lightsaber and say, well, then you do it yourself. You come with me. And he still says no. You know, he knows if he grabs that lightsaber, what he has to go do is attack. He has to really, he has to kill Kylo is what he's going to have to do. And that's not what he wants to do. He's been down this kind of path before. He's killed enough people. He's fought his grandfather. He, he doesn't know if he can get that, that kind of thing to happen twice. You know, he's all, I can't fight with the lightsaber. I can't. It's not what I, what I can do anymore. You know? So she leaves. 
goes through her bit in the arc and her and Kylo and yada. And right at their their worst moment in the Last Jedi, what happens? I mean, they they they're about to be destroyed. What happens? Exactly what you would want the hero to do. He shows up, right? And this is the thing where we were in the movie when the they were all going after the uh, ATM six or the, the the walkers, and all the Falcon comes in and everything else. I'm I'm elbowing Marco, uh, Darth Mooch. I'm telling him, hey. I said, there's one ship missing, dude. We're about to see a fucking X-Wing fly in here any minute. And I'm thinking how badass it'll be to see Luke flying an X-Wing come shooting shit. Well, even better, he just walks into the fucking crate bunker, okay? And uh, talks to Leia and has that moment, explains himself, um, gives the dice, nods at 3PO, does all this stuff, this, this, this moment where you know, oh, man, he's saying goodbye to everybody. And if everybody didn't know he wasn't dying at that point, you know, you really weren't paying attention. But um, fantastic. And he goes out there and he adds, remember, he talked about that legend of Luke Skywalker. It's bigger than life, right? People make him bigger than he is. And he's the this one person in this galaxy, but he can save everything. He was the symbol of hope people needed back then during the rebellion. And he's kind of the symbol of hope people need now. So what he does is he goes out there and he takes blaster shot after blaster shot. Cannon's just going at him and going at him, even to the point where Hux is like, you think he's dead? I think you got him. And they stop him. He fucking brushes off his shoulder. At first, you might think that's kind of corny. But again, we're adding to a legend here. And that's what he knows he's doing. He's trying to be that symbol for the entire galaxy. The galaxy's uh, falling apart. They just lost the their their capital. Um, the rebellion. Everybody is suffering. Nobody is coming to help. All these things. But here's Luke, that symbol of what can be. And he sits there and he takes on the entire First Order right there and brushes it off. So now, here comes Kylo. And remember... Again, we we alluded back to Empire Strikes Back. A Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. And Luke has made that mistake in the cave. Luke made that mistake against Vader. Luke has made that mistake several times. Luke almost made that mistake versus Kylo or versus Ben in the hut. Right? He was going to attack, not defend. So here we are at this point where Luke's at a, a crossing point, uh, turning point, and he's learned all these things. He knows all these things. He knows his mistakes. He he's accepted it, and he's kind of at that point where. The, the best thing I can do is what I'm about to do right now. And he, he he takes on Kylo, but never swings at him. Everything is defense, right? He's blocking, he's dodging, he's doing all these things. And it's driving Kylo nuts because Kylo just wants to fight. And and if you know anything about the Force and the dark side and stuff, he, he, yeah, he killed his father and it broke him in half, right? Snoke even mentions that. He's not done yet. Kylo won't be full dark side, I don't think, until he kills his entire family, until he kills Luke, until he kills Leia. So Luke, what he's doing right now is he takes that away from Kylo. Kylo has no chance. You know, just like uh, when Vader kills Obi-Wan and he's like, you strike me down, you know, I'll become more powerful. And, and it works in Obi-Wan's favor. Luke's doing the same thing, but he's not letting Kylo get that dark side part, right? He's not letting him get the, the, the killing blow. So he goes through all this. Kylo gets pissed off and he's angry. And Luke's like, you know, see you around, kid. And he just completely came in as the hero. Everybody in the bunker watched him take those blasts and were like, what the actual fuck? They have no idea he's a projection. No idea he's a force projection, right? They're, they're going to go tell this story all around the galaxy, tell everybody they can that Luke Skywalker went out and took the first order on by themselves, by himself, right? So at this point, you know, he's like, see you around, kid. And Kylo's like, man, I just got fucked. That sucks. But Kylo couldn't get that killing blow to go even further dark, right? Luke's didn't doing the right thing. Um, it's it's the, the the first time really that he's listened to his lessons. Knowledge and defense never for attack. 
he used his knowledge to defend his friends while they got away to to go regroup and he didn't let kylo um fully turn if he i mean he's pretty fully turned now but he didn't let him get that extra bit you know you know he's got to kill his family he's got to kill luke he's got to kill his old mentor all these things um and 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 he takes that away from him you know and then that that that's the part that people hate that he's a projectionary he's not doing this big lightsaber fight why the fuck would i need that i've had lightsaber fights in all of them i've i've seen yoda versus dooku we've seen qui-gon and and obi-wan versus maul uh you know, Obi-Wan versus Vader, Vader versus Luke, all these things. We've seen awesome lightsaber duels, and they are fantastic. Don't get me wrong. It's it's Star Wars, right? But here it was more symbolic of, of not having to actually fight. It's, the, again, the first time that Luke took a lesson and actually listened, and it, and it made complete sense um, what he did. And people hate that, that it wasn't a fight. If it was a fight, I, I would much rather Luke do this for his friends, using using it for knowledge and defense, save his friends, become this big story for everybody, right? This big legend. Then him being there, clashing sabers with Kylo, hurting Kylo, either killing Kylo, which would mess up, you know, Luke again, or letting Kylo kill Luke and get even worse. I, I, I much prefer this force projection piece when you think about it. So he does that. Luke is at peace. And they mentioned that during the, you know, in the Falcon when, when Ray and Leia um, talk about Luke being dead, and, and there was no sadness. It was just peace. It was contentment. You know, it was purpose. He he did that for a reason, and he he let that legend grow. And that legend is what grows. And that's what you see with uh, the orphans um, in the stables on Canto Bight. You know, to Mary Black and those guys, and and uh, when they're telling the story, and they have those little homemade toys, and they're talking about Luke Skywalker taking on the Walkers. You know, that that legend grows, and that legend goes around the entire galaxy, and all of a sudden now there's a spark. And they talked about the spark the entire movie and how people miss that and don't see that Luke was that fucking spark um, that would get everybody going again is, is beyond me. But Luke right there became the spark that will light the fire, that will get the rebellion started, that will save the galaxy again. And, and Luke, even in death, is, is the big hero. The thing with him that everybody misses is that he's human, right, that he went through shit. The dude went through through uh, a messed up upbringing. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Baru and, and Owen, I'm sure, treated him right, took care of him, did all these things, but they held him back. And he didn't have this, this great life. You know, he had to go through all that not knowing. He had to go through this quick rise into fame, into being a hero. Then he had this horrible thing with his nephew, and he's been a hermit, and he's done all these things. But in the end, he comes back. He does it the right way. He saves everybody, and he becomes the fucking symbol that everybody needs. So... We get through all that. How can anybody not absolutely love the arc of Luke Skywalker and how it ended? And how now that even in 9, we're going to hear about it. They're going to have a time jump four or five years later, and there will still be stories about Luke Skywalker. He will never be not known. He will never be anything but the biggest hero, the, the rebellion, the resistance the galaxy has ever known. And he's done it several times over several decades. And I think that's probably the greatest arc in all movies. And if you do not like that in The Last Jedi, you just do not understand... Um, being a person, being a human, going through shit and dealing with it and coming back on top at the end. And I think that's a, a lesson for all of us, and I know it's a lesson for me, how how you can overcome things and still do the right thing in the very end. So, whoo, that's an hour and ten minutes going off on just the arc of Luke Skywalker. So, I hope it was all right. Again, this is a one-shot deal. We're not doing editing on this one. I just wanted to talk from the cuff. There were no notes, no anything. If I missed a point and you want to talk about it, Shoot me a note on Hoth Topic uh, 
podcast on Instagram or at Sarlacc Digest. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit on Sarlacc at some of these points. We're going to start going movie by movie soon, um, going through that, and that's going to be awesome. So make sure to tune in for that. Um, but, whew, but I'll tell you what, I am spent. So until next time, thank you, and I'll see you in hell. Yeah. Paul, what I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then yes. I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing and we have a backstory and, but well, I don't know, that might be kind of too long. So but like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks. and Yeah. And, yeah. But what about, I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe Ooh. he can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think, I, I mean, we I, might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know sure, just, sure. just all kinds of actors and and I think people will do that. I think. Sure. Why not? Well, you know what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at Who Will Survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh wait, can we do it? underwater oh, with that, piranhas killing me that would kind of be brutal and if that doesn't work then you can do the regular promo all right well just get in the water and i'll go get some fish all right cool Join the Nerds with Attitude podcast each week, now part of the Raw Live Unedited Network, featuring the Nerds with Attitude podcast. Covering pop culture, nerd news, TV shows, movies, comics, no, and toys. Also, listen to Nerd Tunes with Scott and Kevin, movie reviews with President Rob, Kevin interviews, and more. And remember, keep it nerdy. Kevin Intermuse. Nope, that's the show about cats. I talk to cats. In a world with far too many Star Wars podcasts comes one more Star Wars podcast. The Sarlacc Digest, a bi-weekly show covering Star Wars news, toys, book reviews, fan theories, and new canon discussion. All wings report in. Join the Sarlacc Digest hosts as they bring you knowledge and lore. Man, whenever the Yuuzhan Vong dropped the moon on Chewbacca's head... It, it, I shot a Holy tear, shit, dude. What? Not f***ing canon. Jason and Jaina Solo. Why is it so hard for everybody to understand? The passion. So when Luke took off Vader's helmet, you could just see the sadness going in, the lighting and the, and the tears forming, and it's just, the, the soundtrack just starts raising. And uh, then, you know it's a movie, right? What? The fandom. Okay, so I have my Darth Vader camping chair for the line, my brand new exclusive Luke and Leia vans, my Star Wars pop vinyl wristband that I just got. Oh, did I tell you that I was going to get my next, uh... 
and the collecting world. I got the orange card of figures. I got the green card. I got the red card. Okay, do you have circles on hand? No circles, half circle? Half circles? Half circle. You got Palpatine Blue Saber? I do, and the barge. What the f***? No, not the barge. The Sarlacc Digest, bringing you line talk and digesting Star Wars topics over a thousand years. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're proud members of the RLU, Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Find us, rawlivepod.com.